Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. It's the Senate's turn now to vote on a continuing resolution that would keep the government open for yet another week. We are kicking the can down the road once again, assuming that this measure passes. So let's go now to the Senate's majority whip. Illinois Democratic Senator Dick Durbin is with us now. Senator, thank you very much for your time. When is this vote happening and are you confident the votes will be there to get this to the president's desk? I have confidence that we're going to pass this continuing resolution and at least by another week, maybe longer, to finish the appropriation process. I think it's going to be done this evening in the United States Senate. But before we have any ticker tape parades for Congress, let's remember we're in the fifth month of the fiscal year, fifth month out of 12. We still don't have the appropriation bills passed that we should. I want to salute Patty Murray, the Democrat from Washington, and Susan Collins, Republican from Maine, in the Senate. They've been working on this for months. They've done a great job. I just hope the House can catch up with us. Well, I I appreciate the reality check uh, here, Senator, because a lot of work has yet to be done. I realize there are top-line agreements here, but the real work remains, and I wonder if you think there might be a need for another. Is this the last CR that we're going to see this fiscal year? Far be it for me to predict the last CR. Uh, I've been around here a few years, and I've never seen one quite like this. What's happened over in the House of Representatives is unprecedented. Fifteen ballots for one speaker who is then removed, another speaker who emerges after days of mystery negotiations. I don't know Mike Johnson. I wish him the very best as Speaker of the House of Representatives. I think he's doing the right thing, buying a week or two to finish this off. But let's get it done. Well, Senator, do you also think he's doing the right thing, not putting the aid package passed by the Senate on the floor of the House that would provide funding to allies like Ukraine and Israel, or is this going to require a discharge petition? Well, I I can tell you the discharge petition is a theory that very seldom happens. Uh, I hope that people come to their senses. If this measure, this bipartisan measure that we passed in the Senate to deal with the defense supplemental is in, voted, brought up for a vote in the House of Representatives, I believe it will pass. I think there's bipartisan support for it. But uh, he has to have the courage to defy some of the extreme members in the Republican caucus and bring it up for a vote. I, I certainly hope he does. Well, let's stay in the reality lane for a minute then, Senator, uh, because we know what we've heard from Speaker Johnson, and we know that you want to see that money get to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. If we're in a world in which a discharge petition is a fantasy, and I think that's what you're suggesting, there, there is another approach in the House that might bring a separate bill with defense-only money, whether or not there's a special mechanism to bring it to the floor. If that was the best version you got in the Senate, would you vote for it? I'd be troubled by it because there's a provision in our bill for humanitarian assistance which is absolutely life or death essential in Gaza and critical places around the world. And to send just the military side of it and ignore the reality of the humanitarian nightmare taking place in Gaza is a serious, serious mistake. We need to put the whole measure before the House, let, let them vote. I believe there'll be a strong bipartisan majority for them. 
Well, speaking of a bipartisan view on this issue, of course, on the other side of the aisle in your chamber, the Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has been a vocal advocate for aiding Ukraine. And of course, he told the world yesterday he will no longer be the Republican leader in the Senate after the election in November. I'd like you to just listen to part of what Senator McConnell said on the floor yesterday, and I'll have you respond. I know the politics within my party at this particular moment in time. I have many faults. Misunderstanding politics is not one of them. That said, I believe more strongly than ever that America's global leadership is essential to preserving the shining city on a hill that Ronald Reagan discussed. Senator, he spoke about awareness of the politics in his party and being aware of those politics and who potentially could replace him as leader. Who would bring the greatest chance of bipartisan cooperation with Democrats? You know, there are three people who are mentioned, and they're currently in leadership on the Republican side, John Thune, John Cornyn, and John Barrasso. I've worked with all three of them. I can work with them in the future. So if they turn out to generate the leader of their party in the United States Senate, I think it'll be a positive thing. But it's up to the Republicans. They may choose one of those or someone else. Uh, the bottom line is we need to work on a bipartisan basis to solve the problems of this country. You talked earlier in one of your programs about the border crisis. It does exist. We had a bipartisan response put together brought to the floor just a few weeks ago, asking the Republicans to join us in an effort to pass it, to make some progress. It was endorsed by the Border Patrol agents, endorsed by the Wall Street Journal, and they rejected it. They wouldn't move forward. We need someone who will accept a good bipartisan compromise that moves us forward as a nation on our border and in many other areas. The border seems to creep its way into just about every issue that we talk about, certainly every attempt at policy making, at lawmaking, uh, Senator Durbin. I wonder what you can tell us about this effort uh, to not only have uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas impeached, but have a trial uh, to convict him in the Senate. The conventional wisdom is that it will die a quiet death in your chamber, but how? Well, there are various ways to do it. It is a political stunt by the House of Representatives and, and really tells us the story of why we have a problem. Instead of dealing with the budget, keeping the lights on for a, a full fiscal year, they went off and impeached the Secretary of Homeland Security. There was no basis for that. No high crime or misdemeanor was even alleged in this situation. They wasted their time on it, and it's a waste of time in the Senate. I hope we spend very little time with that. Let's roll up our sleeves on a bipartisan basis and start solving problems instead of political stunts. Well, as we talk about the border, obviously we saw President Biden and former President Trump on the border in Texas, which is a border state yesterday, and yet we've heard language from the likes of Speaker Mike Johnson just today that every state right now is a border state because of the way migrants are moving through the country, including to major Democratic stronghold cities like New York and also Chicago. Senator, what are you seeing in real time on the ground at home? It's a struggle. Uh, the governor of Texas is dumping off families uh, in the dark of night many times in remote areas of my state, and they're finding their way into Chicago under desperate circumstances. One little boy recently died after he arrived. I mean, it's a terrible humanitarian situation brought on unnecessarily by the governor of Texas. But it does reflect the fact that the border needs to be changed and the laws need to be changed on the border. 
President Biden has said that. He's working on a bipartisan basis on a bill. But unfortunately, Donald Trump, former President Trump, has, does, has said clearly he doesn't want to move forward in that. And he, says, he said very clearly, please blame me for stopping this bill, this bipartisan bill from moving forward. Well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to blame him for stopping at least progress that needs to be made at the border uh, immediately. Well, is Illinois a border state? And I'm not talking about Wisconsin, Senator. Well, I can tell you that, uh, you know, we are a nation of immigrants. We are a state of immigrants. And they've done a remarkable job in making this the nation it is today. My mother was an immigrant to this country. I'm very proud of that fact. But we cannot accept everyone who wants to come into the United States at this moment. We need an orderly process at the border. We need to accept those who are no threat to us and make us a stronger nation. Uh, unfortunately, the situation can't move forward unless we have something like this bipartisan bill that was agreed to with Senator Langford, Republican of Oklahoma, Senator Murphy, a Democrat of Connecticut, an independent senator uh, from Arizona. And she has been a critical element in this whole process. Mm -hmm. Well, and you mentioned that you do cast blame on former President Donald Trump for disrupting that future uh, progress on that specific measure. On the subject of former President Trump, it was this time yesterday when we got news from the Supreme Court that they will hear his immunity question, where he claims immunity from prosecution here in Washington in Jack Smith's 2020 uh, election interference case. Do you view that as a political move? by this court, knowing it could potentially delay his trial so that it does not take place before Election Day? Well, it is an interesting coincidence that they have delayed this for two months, uh, and they make it almost impossible to resolve all of his indictments before the date of the upcoming election. But this issue has to be resolved, and he raised it. He believes that as president, he somehow has a uh, do-not-go-to-jail card forever. I don't believe that's true, and I hope the court doesn't find it that way. Well, Senator, of course, as chairman, you were in the room for the hearings uh, that confirmed the three justices that came in the Trump administration. Were you aware at the time? I know these were difficult hearings. I, I watched them all. Were you aware at the time that you were sowing the seeds for a decision like this? No, I didn't think this would happen. But, you know, these nominees for Supreme Court justices uh, make very passive and neutral statements. They don't want to be pinned down on anything. The fact is, once they've taken the oath of office to serve for life, the real visions of their views of America start coming before the voters from one end to the other. In this situation, we learn a lot more about the justices after they're sworn in. Well, and of course, those are just the three justices that were appointed and confirmed during Trump's administration. There is another justice, though, that you have taken issue with, uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, whose wife, Jenny Thomas, is actually involved in many of these 2020 uh, electoral questions. You have called for his recusal in a number of these cases as a result. He heard the arguments on the 14th Amendment question. We haven't gotten any real sign that he plans to recuse himself from the case they will hear in April as it relates to immunity. Is there anything, Senator? you can do to change that? No, of course not. Uh, impeachment is out of the question. It's not going to happen. But the fact of the matter is, it's a conflict of interest for Clarence Thomas to sit on some of these cases after his wife was personally and directly involved in negotiating with the highest levels of the White House during this controversy. He should step aside for the good of the court and his own reputation. Senator, you've been a creature of the upper chamber for some time. I wonder with everything that we've been talking about, uh, the potential leadership battle 
for the Republican conference in the Senate. The possibility of Donald Trump being elected again, even if he isn't, the, the heavy hand that he's held over Capitol Hill. Do you fear the Senate will soon start looking and feeling like the House? I'm afraid that it might. There are some elements in the Senate even today that harken back to the approach of politics of Donald Trump. You did a story on a show just right before I came on where they did a survey and said that a large percentage of the population was afraid to vote for Donald Trump because he was dangerous. I've been around politics a number of years. I can never remember a major candidate for president of the United States being characterized as dangerous by voters across the United States, but that is the reality. When Donald Trump says either inject or drink a bottle of bleach to avoid COVID or invites NATO allies uh, to be attacked by Vladimir Putin, it is dangerous. And I think the American people are aware of that reality. I hope that doesn't infect the United States Senate. Senator, we have less than a minute left, but that same poll actually found a greater share of voters find President Biden too old. Is enough being done to counter that message? <laughs> I'm sure that Joe Biden would like to be younger tomorrow, but he doesn't have the power to do that. I would trust his judgment and his stamina over a dangerous candidate for president any day. Senator, we appreciate your spending time with us this evening. Dick Durbin of Illinois with us from Capitol Hill. We hope you get home this evening, Senator. Come back and see us again soon. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.